0: Welcome to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow and win on a mission to bring the benefits of sport to kids everywhere. They go beyond technology to provide leaders with professional development and relationship building and to work with sports-based organizations to address issues of accessibility and equality. To learn more, find them at leagueapps.com or as League Apps on all of the social networks. Now, here's the host of the show, longtime soccer broadcaster and voice of United Soccer Coaches,
1: Dean Linky. I am Dean Linke, pleased to bring you another special holiday edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. We have four outstanding guests. Kicking off the show, now walking into his third year as the CEO of United Soccer Coaches, Jeff Van Dusen. After Jeff, we will meet Scott Waddell. In his first season as a head coach, took the New York University women's soccer team to the Sweet 16 of Division Three action Scott Waddell will be recognized by the black soccer coaches community on Saturday night of the convention at their amazing Legends event as one of the college coaches of the year. Scott Waddell is on the show. Coincidentally, New York University was knocked out of the Sweet 16 by the University of Rochester women's soccer team. Their assistant coach is Lauren P.N. She is a former member of the 30 Under 30 class. She is a proud member of the API soccer coaches community led by Ashu Sukswena. Lauren Pien is on the show, and we wrap up the show meeting another recipient of the letter of commendation from United Soccer Coaches, the great Johnny Orozco. Jeff Van Dusen, Scott Waddell, Lauren Pien, Johnny Orozco. That's our show, and it starts after this message from our presenting sponsor, League Apps.
0: We bet you didn't get into this business for the back office duties. That's why we created League Apps, the industry's leading youth sports management platform, so you can spend less time with busy work and more time doing what you love. League Apps provides organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. Go to leagueapps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast, presented by League Apps. Once again, here's the host of the show, Dean Linke.
1: Kicking off back-to-back special holiday editions of the United Soccer Coaches podcast is the CEO of United Soccer Coaches. He joined the association full-time in 2011, has been a member a long, long time. We're talking about the great Jeff Van Dusen. Jeff, thanks for kicking off this week's show as we are in the middle of the holiday season here. Great to be with you.
2: It's always great to see you, Dean.
1: I know the holidays are tough for United Soccer Coaches because the convention happens right after the new year. We'll all be in Anaheim together, and your staff is you know, essentially working overtime this holiday season. It's all eyes on Anaheim, my man. That's right.
2: We're excited to go to Anaheim and put on the greatest show for soccer coaches across the world. We are very intense right now from the standpoint of there's a lot that goes on there, and we've got a lot of people to please.
1: Jeff, one of the things I love about you is you kind of wear it on your sleeve and you're also got a great sense of humor. You know, this is your third convention as CEO. And I remember when we first introduced you when you took over as CEO and you kind of whispered in my ear, like, I can't believe this is, is happening. Jeff, I mean, this is a job that you were made for. I don't know if you remember that time when you came up on the stage, but now this coming into your third convention, how are you feeling, my man?
2: I tell you what, it's a tough job. I love it. I love to go to work every day. I love serving the membership. The first time that Friday night was on that stage. And to think that I used to think about being up on that stage and all the great people that have walked across that stage that have meant so much to this association and the coaching and to our sport. And now to think that I'm one of those people up on that stage is still humbling. It still is a great passion for me to be the leader of this association and make a difference in our game.
1: You've always made it a family affair. You've had all three of your kids involved in the convention. I'm not sure if all three of them are going to make it this time, but I know a couple of them are in your office right now, Jeff, and uh, your family is all in as well on
2: United Soccer Coaches. Two of the three are going to make it. The youngest, Adeline, she's a junior in high school. She's going to take an international trip in February. So we've decided that it's probably not good for her to miss more days of school, I think they're going over to Switzerland, so she wants to keep her perfect GPA going. So she'll take a sabbatical for this year's convention. My son's coming, and Anna. Anna is a coach at Queens University. As a grad assistant, she's coming. She's going to attend the convention as a coach this year, which is pretty cool. And big news on your son as well. I'd like you to share it, Jeff. Yeah, Jeff, he is a third-year law school student at Drake University in Iowa. He'll be graduating this May. The next January 2025, he'll be enlisting in the Army, the Army JAG Corps. He'll be a lawyer for the military, the Army. So very excited for him. That's a very selective group. Less than 7% of their applicants get into the program. So very wow. proud,
1: all three kids. Very proud, Dad, indeed. We're here with Jeff Van Dusen, the CEO for United Soccer Coaches. This will be his third convention as the CEO, but his convention days go way, way back. Jeff, I'm not going to ask you to remember. Well, let me try it. Can you remember your first
2: convention, Jeff? Do you have any idea? Absolutely. Uh, 96, Philadelphia. I was fresh off of my first volunteer gig for the association, which was at the College Cup in Richmond, where a friend of mine who was the communications director, Mike McFarlane, now the athletic director at, at Bloomsburg University, asked me to come out to the men's college cup and help them with checking id cards for the tent the hospitality tent so i had to make sure that everyone was a member that came in and got hot chocolate and brownies at the men's college cup then they said hey why don't you come to the convention in philadelphia and i was the self proclaimed go-do head box pusher hey you go do that that type of thing and i had the time of my life
1: you know, I would like to remind people that you, in fact, were a coach. In fact, if I remember it correctly, Jeff Van Dusen, even as you were approaching taking over as the CEO, I think you were still out on some fields with some high schools. Maybe not. But I mean, break down to every place you coach, Jeff, because I think people forget that you were you spent a lot of time coaching.
2: I did. I was at first I was student assistant for John McKenzie at Western Illinois. I played there. I was a goalkeeper coach. Then I went to a small school in Davenport, Iowa, NAI school in Mary Crest International University. It's no longer a school. I shut the doors there. Uh, that's a joke. And then uh, moved on to Hastings College, really started the men's program there. They've had a successful run at the NAI level, winning two national championships. Moved on and went to Division II program, Missouri Southern, and started the women's program and was also the men's coach there back when those days when... He'd coach both the men and women program, went to central Missouri. From there was four years there. It was the first time they made the NCAA tournament and haven't looked back. Then went to university of Indianapolis, spent four years there. And then Joe Cummings came calling and said, Hey, why don't you come to Kansas city and be my director of events. And then continue to coach at the youth level. Coached my daughters, won a state cup here in Kansas a couple of years ago. Decided to help out with the local high school, St. Thomas Aquinas. I was the head C team coach and assistant varsity. And, and the varsity team was was fortunate enough to win a state championship there. So super exciting. Looking to get back into it. I have some knee problems the last couple of years here. Hopefully get back into the coaching realm. Or I might even help out with the officiating. So we'll see how this all rolls.
1: Here with Jeff Van Dusen, special holiday edition, for United Soccer Coaches and the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Jeff, as you know, I spent a lot of time on the podcast with Sarah and the leaders of the United Soccer Coaches Foundation, and I'm proud to learn that you are very much putting your money where your mouth is as you are working on a Jeff Van Dusen endowment, which is just awesome, Jeff. I mean that from my heart. Just talk about uh, truly putting your money where your mouth is.
2: Yeah, I think the foundation is fantastic and what it stands for and, and giving back Scholarships and grants to either programs or or young coaches or coaches that are of need to either come to the convention or go through coaching education or just memberships. Excited about this, we're going to launch the GVD fund. The scholarships are going to go towards either a military veteran or a healthcare worker. Both are very near and dear to my heart. Obviously, with my son's journey, my dad is a military veteran. My replacement mom was a nurse for over 40 years. I do some volunteer work at Children's Mercy Hospital here in Kansas City. So I see how hard those healthcare workers work and what a difference they make to our children and our communities, and then as well as military veterans. So it's a great honor for me to be able to have the GVD fund. We're launching it, trying to raise that $25,000. We're really going to kind of do some things here in Anaheim to kick that off and hopefully get that funded, really get it announced and out there in Chicago, my hometown.
1: That's awesome. Next year's we'll be in Chicago. We're here with the CEO of United Soccer Coaches, Jeff Pandus. And Jeff, you were very out front in making sure that people know the United Soccer Coaches is the home for all coaches. You say it in your sleep, I think, Jeff. I'm not sure you realize it or not, but indeed it is the home for all coaches. Why is that message so important to you, sir?
2: It makes me emotional to think about the incredible people that are in our association. And whether a youth coach, whether you're a high school coach, whether you're a college coach, a head coach, assistant coach, volunteer coach, professional coach, we're for everyone. That's what makes my job difficult. But we're also exactly that, the home of all coaches. No matter who you are as a coach or who you coach, there's something at this association for everyone. That's so special. Going to the convention is, is the collection of everyone. It's amazing. You'll walk down the hall and, and the great Randy Waldrum will be talking to youth coaches about their training session for 77. I, I mean, it is an opportunity for you to get to know other coaches and to learn from the best. I'm just so excited about what this association stands for, and it's humbling to be the leader of the home of all coaches. You
1: know, of United Soccer Coaches, Jeff Van Dusen, and Jeff, look, it's not always roses, and, you know, we're coming off of COVID, we're in a divided country, it's tough times right now, and not every day has been easy leading the association, I think it's fair to say, but talk about some of the challenges as you push forward here, Jeff.
2: I think one of the big things you're going to see a resurgence of our education in 2024, the schedule is already released for all of our courses that we're going to put on our in-person courses. Why I love our coaching courses is that it's about reality-based coaching. There's so much time on the field, learning how to coach, learning how to solve that problem when you're on the field, reality-based coaching, as opposed to recipe-based coaching, as I call it. Recipe-based coaching is printing something off the internet and going and trying to execute it. But if something's not going right on the field and you're not getting the most out of your players, how do you make that change in that training session that you've printed off the internet? United Soccer Coaches Education is truly a tremendous value from the standpoint it focuses on that reality-based coaching. Teaches you how to coach, and to get the most out of your players. And it surrounds you with coaches from all different walks of life. That's why I love our coaching education. Some of my best friends are still from my national course and my advanced national course. So I think that's been one of the challenges, but it's also going to be one of the greatest comebacks of all time. And I mean that from the standpoint of we're in this weird space right now with the Federation and licensing and diplomas and all of that. Not everybody needs that license, but everybody needs to learn how to coach. That's what I think we are tremendous at. And coaching education is one. We are changing the face of coaching education, not only from the courses that we offer, but from the college coaches credentialing program was great. The NCAA is now supporting this. We have about 47 candidates in the coach credentialing program. We have coaches at the college level that are coaching, yes, men's and women's soccer, but also volleyball, lacrosse, field hockey. I think we have a a gymnastics coach in there. We have some softball coaches. We have some American football coaches. That's all in this next cohort that starts here next month. And that's a 60-hour course. And as you know, at the college level, college coaches don't have to be credentialed in any manner. I was a college coach for 16 years. The only qualification I needed was a master's degree, and that was in elementary education. We're changing coaching education at the college level. That's another huge focus that we're going to really focus on. I think another challenge that we're going through that we're facing head-on is helping coaches in underserved areas. With our urban soccer diploma, I think you're going to see some big announcements in a collaboration with the federation with United Soccer Coaches, really excited about that. That'll come out in the next couple of weeks. And then there's the business side of running this nonprofit. Everything is getting more expensive. The economy is crushing coaches. We want to continue to provide first-class service, first-class membership benefits. And we want to continue to celebrate coaches with our awards programs, educate coaches, and we want to advocate for them. But that's all expensive. So, we're doing some things to really help on the backside, that business side of running the association. And I'm really excited about 2024.
1: Jeff Van Dusen, it is down to the wire here as the convention is less than two weeks away. Can you believe it? The people have not signed up yet, but are inkling to get out there. What will they expect to see in Anaheim?
2: Wow, well, it's going to be a different experience. I've counted. There's 78 palm trees between the Hilton, the Marriott, and the Convention Center. So it's going to be nice from that standpoint. We've really not only focused, of course, on bringing top first-class educators, coach educators, right? And people that have PhDs, people that have tremendous experience within our game, and people that are good at coaching coaches, teaching adults. That's what I'm excited about from the education program. I'm also excited we've really focused on bringing more lifestyle and culture and experiential activities to the convention so that are outside of the education. Then, of course, we have the exhibit hall. This is probably one of the biggest ones we've ever had. So you can see all the new latest and greatest technology and businesses and products that coaches have at their fingertips. We have other things such as Keeper Wars is going to be there, the NWSL Draft, MASL is having a pro indoor cup live. Then we've got 30 meal and social functions. Like I said, it's ultimately about the people that come and the people that you meet and the business side of it. And of course, the education. I'm so
1: excited to see you out there, Jeff. And so excited to have you kick off this week's edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Always an honor, my friend. Happy New Year to you and your family, and we'll see you in Anaheim.
2: Dean, thank you so much. Happy New Year to all the coaches. We'll see you soon. We will indeed
1: see you soon, and one of the great events of the convention will be Saturday night, the Black Soccer Coaches Legends event. I was there last year, and it blew my mind. Coming forward is one of the honorees that will receive recognition as a college coach of the year from the black soccer coaches community scott waddell in his first season as a head coach for new york university women's soccer team he took his team to the sweet 16. scott waddell is up after this message you do not want to miss your chance to join the most eagerly awaited soccer coaching event of the year get a special discount with our exclusive promo code United 24 all caps that's United 24 all caps that is a $90 discount after the new price increase experience the United Soccer Coaches Convention an engaging five-day gathering of the soccer coaching community featuring live full-field demonstrations and enriching educational sessions join thousands of other coaches in an event that's become a yearly highlight connect with soccer's elite including Javier Zanetti of Inter Milan, Laura Harvey of the Olal Reign, Jermaine Jones of Fuego FC, Leonard Griffin of Cal Men's Soccer, and Carla Thompson from San Diego Wave FC, among other renowned figures you don't want to miss seeing in person. Are you looking to elevate your coaching expertise? Join the Advanced National Diploma course when you register to refine your skills and enhance your coaching profile. Secure your spot at the discounted rate of $425, again, using the promo code UNITED24, all caps, UNITED24. Hashtag StrongerUnited24, and we'll see you in Anaheim. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Another special holiday edition. And I'm so pleased to be joined by Scott Waddell in his first year leading the New York University women's soccer team, took them to new heights. They won 14 games. They went to the Sweet 16 and Nicole Hercules has just named him the Black Soccer Coaches Legends College Coach of the Year. He'll be recognized out in Anaheim and he'll be recognized right now as I welcome in Scott Waddell, the head coach of the New York University Women's Soccer Team. Coach, welcome to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast.
3: <laughs> Thank you, Dean. Thank you, Dean. My pleasure to be here. <laughs> My pleasure to be here, brother. I've listened to this voice, dog. I've, uh, I have a face to attach it to right now, so it's, like, cool. <laughs> so thanks for having me.
1: I apologize for the face, Scott. I can't do
3: everything, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> ah, man, you're good. You're good. You're looking good, brother. <laughs>
1: Great to be with you, and all I had to do was say one name, Nicole Hercules, and, you know, I mean, you talk about, like, a a true angel, right? She had been talking about you, Scott, so I'm glad that we were able to make this happen, but, you know, just talk about what it means to know Nicole Hercules and also be recognized at the Black Soccer Coaches Legends event, which, by the way, a year ago was an event that blew my mind, and I'm still kind of levitating from it, Coach.
3: Yeah, yeah, I mean... I remember the event and it was, yeah, it was awesome. They they were like, okay, we're 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 about to make something happen. Um uh, and they surely did. It was exciting, lots of energy, lots of things happening. Um and Nicole was was one of the big, big people to make that happen. Um and and that's her, you know, Nicole is is uh, she just makes 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 good things happen, you know, and is constantly trying to push for uh, black coaches uh, to get us more exposure um to put us in the limelight and and make sure we we can do well so she is yeah she is an angel and she we we are in debt to her um to all her work that she did when she was president and and uh, you know I'm I'm glad she came to watch our game at Rochester I think we tied 1-1 but she was just like you know supportive or or, or big smile in the stands so no love Nicole
1: Great to be with Scott Waddell. You can hear that wonderful accent. He's from Jamaica, but he's been in New York, in fact, New York City for a long time. He graduated from Columbia University with a Bachelor of Arts degree in political science and played four seasons as a midfielder forward with the Lions soccer team and served as a captain. He would also go on to be the assistant coach at Columbia from 2010 to 2014 before moving over to the New Jersey Institute of Technology and then Mount St. Mary's University. And now, after one year as an assistant, has brought NYU. I mean, you talk about an incredible rookie campaign coach. I mean, off the charts, 14 wins, sweet 16. I mean, you had New York University rolling in women's soccer this year.
3: <laughs> well, you know, I joke around. I say beginner's luck. I always always tell you beginner's luck. But to be fair, the previous coach did an awesome job in terms of, of uh, one, recruiting the the talent that was there was off the chains. I mean, we had we had um you know because of the COVID year we had a a grad senior that was there for a while and she was she was a really she ended up being first team all American this year. Um, we brought in a transfer from Louisville. She uh, a girl in riding lady, yeah, you know, left back, just just a baller. Um, so we had some pieces there. Uh, And then we also had, the culture was really, really strong there. So the talent was there. The culture was really, really there. It was one of those, like, I already knew that because I worked at NYU um, and I knew the coach and I had invested some time in there. And I was, I was, I was aware that it was a, a great opportunity and I was lucky enough to get the opportunity and get the job. And I didn't expect it to go this well, to be fair, but, you know, I was not surprised that we did well and, and we had that level of success. You know, I was like, oh, well, you know, I know the talent is here. Um, So super excited. It was fun. Um, I probably didn't get to enjoy it as much as I, you know, I would like to have because it was my first year. So I was constantly worrying and not sleeping well. And, you know, but uh, looking back, I'm like, damn, wow, that was that was awesome.
1: Well, let's hear your story if you don't mind, because you know you're from Jamaica. When did you come to the states? Talk about how you arrived at Columbia. I mean, that's that's Ivy League, man. That's big time. So proud of you. But can you tell us a little bit of your story if you don't mind?
3: Yeah, absolutely, no problem. I uh I came when I was 15. Uh, I ended up going to uh, one of those private boarding schools. You know, basically getting like a, a soccer scholarship, so to speak. Um, uh, I went to the Berkshire school for one year. Um, uh, Berkshire has had, you know, a lot of talent. I don't know if, if anyone knows who Jack Harrison is. Jack Harrison went there for some time before he, you know, went. he's now in the Premier League um, playing for Everton. But I, I went there for one year, then went to Hotchkiss for three years. Um, and... From there, I went on to Columbia. You know, my parents are Jamaican, and, and they take academics very seriously. My father especially, he would tell us, would tell us that academics come first, second, and third. Um, so, you know, I always worked hard in the classroom. Not that, not that it was my strongest point, but, you know, my father would 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 – I'd be in trouble if, if those grades weren't high. So um, uh, I was fortunate enough to, to get recruited to play at Columbia. Um, went on and played there for four seasons, Uh, you know, in New York City. uh, Really talented teams. I don't think we quite achieved what we, I think we could have with the talent that we had. But, yeah, I did four years there. I played a little bit pro. I was in Malaysia. I played pro, and then I went back to Jamaica for a year. And then, you know, that level of soccer wasn't really paying the bills, so I had to kind of figure out what was the next move. Um, and I really didn't know what I was going to do. I was trying to, I actually never considered coaching and I was just at my alma mater working and I would run into the woman's head coach. I would always try and go and see my, my coaches, the men's coaches, but they weren't, they weren't there. And the, the women's office was right next, next mm-hmm. to the office. So I would always pop my head in because, you know, you know them, you, you always see them. So, I'd talk to them and be like, hey, what's going on? And we'd, we'd chat. Uh, Kevin McCarthy was the coach at the time. And it happened a few times. And we would, you know, I was coaching a youth team, a youth 13 team, and we'd talk about, you know, formations and, you know, little soccer details. And we we would end up talking for a while. That he was like, yo, what are you doing? I was like, yeah, I'm trying to figure out what I'm trying to do. He said, why, why don't you come and coach me? So I said, okay, all right, I'll try it out. So, I tried it out and, and that was it. <laughs> you know, I was, I was the volunteer. Yeah. I was, I was the second assistant there. Um, yeah. Basically a volunteer assistant um, for four seasons. And it was, it was a blast. I was actually, I ended up working with a startup company at the same time um, called Storelli Sports. I mean, Storelli Sports, is, is it, it exists now. It's like protective soccer gear. But I was there when, there was no products. There was no nothing, and we were just talking about ideas and talking about, um, you know, uh, the products and the whole idea, and 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 then it 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 got to a point where I had to choose between you am know, working at Storelli because Storelli got so big and they wanted me to be like the the regional, they wanted me to be the me to be the national manager for sales, basically, of cover the US, and I was just like. You know, I really enjoyed coaching. I I just really felt fulfilled, and it really captured me. So I was like, yo, I, I, I want to keep coaching. Um, so that's how I that's how I got into the game, and and ended up, you know, coaching. So from there, I went on to NGIT, and then and then NYU, and Brandeis, and Mount Saint Marys, back to Brandeis, and now here I am at uh, at NYU as my first head coach. Yeah. So all those years. So another thing is that I've been an assistant for 13 years, you know. So I do tell I do tell people that yo, yeah it was beginner's love but I've been coaching for for very 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 long. You know, it's my first head coaching gig, but I've been coaching for a long time. So
1: you're at NYU and you hear that the head coach is leaving. Talk about that process, Scott, if you can. Like applying for the job, was it automatic? Did you have to wait? I mean, was there, you know, any kind of grind at
3: all to find out that you got the job
1: or just tell me about that
3: process. It was. I was at Brandeis at the time, and I had known the head coach. So I'd know I'd known Michelle Cannon, and she had called me and she said that she was she well she had expressed that she was looking to looking for a change, you know, because we're friends, you know. I worked with her for four years, and, and the only reason I left NYU was because of the pandemic. It was never a case of you know like oh I'm gonna immediately go back there I was or the position was for me or anything like that. It was just we had a conversation, and she ended up getting a a position open in the NYU athletics department as an assistant AD, and she ended up getting that position. And she you know she expressed that hey you know she'd probably apply, um, you know it it wouldn't be a case of where she'd be. Like oh yo, know, the program is gonna be yours it's NYU it is you know a, a very awesome program you know they're gonna get tons of applications of people who are head coaches and have you know lots of experience and obviously they're 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 just trying to pick the best person for the position um, so yeah I went through the whole interview process it was it it wasn't something that I was expecting um, you know as an assistant you work. Your summers, you gotta work a lot of summer camps to kinda, of, you know, make a lot of, So I was I was running around that summer, doing camps, doing a whole bunch of camps. I was here, I was there, I was in, I was at a camp in, I think Connecticut. And I was doing like the phone interviews and Zoom interviews. And it was it was it was pretty stressful to be honest. Um and at the end of at the end of it, they called me and they you know they offered me the position and I was just like through the roof running around. I think the kids were like, "What? Why is he so happy?" You know, because <laughs> I was coaching some like I think I was coaching some some young kids up in up in Connecticut uh, at at a at a sleepover camp, you know, or one of those sleepover camps where when you when you're finished with those camps, you don't want to see kids for at least at least two weeks. You're like, "Yo, I'm done, done," you know. <laughs> but I was I was. You know, ecstatic when they said, "Hey, we we would like you to be the next head coach of the NYU women's soccer team." When I was like pumped, which led to another like, "Okay, okay, now I got to move. Now I got to do all these other things. Now I got to think about staff and and it just uh, you know, it started. Started started the whole the whole chain of of uh of, you know, thoughts and things that you have to think about and decisions that you have to make as a head coach.
1: I don't know if your mom and dad are still with us, but, you know, you talked about, you know, your dad's focus on education. He had to be proud that you got one from Columbia. But, you know, was your family super pumped that, uh, you know, after all that time, double-digit years
3: as an assistant coach, you were now becoming a head coach, Scott? Oh, yeah, they were they were very, very excited for me. Very, very excited for me. Uh, you know, my, my parents have supported me in whatever, whatever I wanted to do. You know, I think, you know, growing up as a young and they were just like, yo, you gotta be doing well in the classroom. And then if you were doing that, all right, you can, you know, do your thing, you know, and they were very, very supportive and, you know, they knew, they knew from a young age that I, I have always been very, very passionate about soccer, so they're, they're not really that surprised that I'm coaching. Um, it, it was a long journey to become a head coach, you know? Um, but they've always been really, really supportive and, and just always giving me good energy and encouraged me. So they were, they were extremely happy when, you know, hey, it happened.
1: Well, the good energy they're giving you comes to all of us because I'm feeling your energy and I'm loving it, Scott. And I can tell your team felt the energy. And one of the things I love that you said, I don't even know if you realize you said it, but – Right away, as a longtime assistant coach, you're like, okay, I got to assemble my staff. I love that you included that, and, and maybe you didn't even realize you said that. But, you know, as a, someone who was an assistant coach for 13 years, now you're the head coach. Talk about who you picked and why you picked them, if
3: you can, Scott. Well, to be fair, um, Michelle Cannon, who was the previous head coach, she's one, she's one of the most thorough <laughs> individuals I know. All right. she leaves nothing unturned Um, and her two assistants, I had met, you know, as, as, a, you know, you, as your coach, you know, you're at these recruiting events, you know, I ran into, I ran into the the, the, the new assistant at NYU and I'd be like, Hey, yo, how was, you know, this player doing or that player doing? And we, we, the first time we met, you know, it was kind of like right after COVID and you know, we, we're doing the recruiting thing, but we ended up talking just about the players and, and, how things were going. Like, the first time we met, we ended up talking for like, you know, we were just walked around to different fields together. Um, and she, it was clear that she was like super passionate about the team. Um, not to mention, she is, she, she was, her her resume as a player is just, just bonkers, you know? Like, so she, her name is, her name is uh, Nicolette Drees, and she played, she's won two national titles, one with Florida State, and then she won, one with Penn State. <laughs> like you know, like her, her resume is crazy, you know? But as a person and as a coach, I immediately, I didn't even notice. I was just talking to her and we were just connecting and she loved the players and she was like, "It's excited about the team. And I know, I knew that Michelle Cannon, she, she is so thorough that she, she, she only, she really tries to hire great people, you know? Um, and I knew that that was from we spoke and connected I, th- I thought hey this is this is a really good person um and also through my connections and people who knew her they only had good things to say about her as well um so i said hey not only would i get a really good person um and someone who's who, who's really passionate about the game um and obviously has great experience um i would also get someone who's who'd be able to you know kind of continue and, and kind of keep 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 things going, you know, with the girls because the te- I knew the team was 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 good. It wasn't a case where oh, yo, the team's in a bad state, you know, the the coach is in a bad state. It wasn't it wasn't like that at all. You know, I had known the head coach, and I know that 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 was really something that was very important to her. So I knew it was a case of, of me coming in there and kind of, you know, keeping a lot of things and and then maybe putting my spin on it and and you know my differences. So. Of course, I have really, really good friends and really, really talented coaches who were interested, but I thought I thought that that would be the best thing for the program. So I ended up keeping I ended up keeping Nicolet, um, and I only heard good things about Carmen, who was the other assistant, um, you know, she, as a goalkeeper coach. And so I kept I kept them both. I was like, yo, listen, I know the program is doing well. I know they're they've been a part of that, so I'm going to keep that going and. You know, I'll bring in my spin, and we'll go from there. And and you know, we ended up having an awesome season. And they've and they and they've been fantastic. You know, they, the the two assistants have been just just awesome. They just give to the team, give to the team, give to the team. Um, they're fun to be around. Uh, we have a good time. So
1: as you're rolling along, is Miss Cannon like touching base with you, saying, "Scott, you guys are crushing it right now." Was she right there, like cheering you on?
3: Yeah, she she drops us texts, texts here and there, like yeah, you know, good luck, and uh, you know, she's definitely supportive. I think she also didn't want to like, you know, be on my toes or anything like that. So she's she's kept her distance, but also checked in and just given me support. Um, so she's been great. She's been, she's been great. You know, I think I think she's been thoughtful and how how close she's been, but you know, always supportive. Um, yeah. So so you know, we're cool. We we've, we've always like stayed in touch and, and and we have a good relationship. So she's she's de- definitely very supportive.
1: Well, here with Scott Waddell, you can feel his energy, his passion. You can feel his smile, which is only appropriate because no one's got a better smile than Nicole Hercules. And then to know that Nicole recommended Scott coming on, I'm feeling the, the love here, Scott, uh, in a big way. And, you know, it's interesting. My son is in New York right now. It's something that both my kids and my family would always come on Christmas Day to New York. And then as they got older, we stopped doing it, but he's there now with his girlfriend and he's loving it and the Christmas spirit. And I mean, you've made New York home. That's not always easy, but you, you feel like New York to me, Scott. I mean, tell me about your love for the city.
3: Well, you know, New York has been, it became a home because I I ended up going to school there. So when I was there, I, I, I have, or I had family there. I still have family there actually. Um, and, you know, you, you go to New York and I think w- when you go to school there, it's like, okay, we, we have the campus and we kind of have that, that seclusion and that feel where you you have like Columbia has that campus feel and then you have access to, you know, to the bustling city. Um, and just, you know, a, as a college student, you get out and you try to explore and, and it, you jump on the train and you, you, you go, you go to Brooklyn or you go to Queens and the Bronx and you, you know, you experience the city and it, it just became a place that I was used to, and and it was it just felt comfortable and felt like home. Um, I think a lot of people, you know, people like the city for different reasons. You know, I think that a lot of people, and you know, you talk about the energy and the, and the, the speed of the city, and you know, that's like cool to me. It doesn't bother me at all. But my favorite thing about the city is the soccer that I can I get to play in the city. <laughs> so because the city attracts so many people. You know, you you the soccer there, the amateur soccer, the pickup soccer is just so good. You know, like, so I play in a soccer group. It's my favorite thing that, you know, we we can play on a Tuesday night, or I can play in the borough league on a on a Saturday, and the level is unreal. We have past pros, college players, some of the you know, the MLS kids, MLS guys that come and retire, they they're in the city working at the MLS office and they play in the league. So you get to play such awesome soccer so that's my favorite thing about the city you know um uh, is that you know i'd be able to play two three times a week if you're young I, I can't do that anymore i play literally once or twice a week uh and twice a week is really pushing it um but when i was young i used to be able to play like three four times a week and the level was just so good you know so fun you know um just the the soccer iq uh, and the players were smart you know you you know, We go there, we, we have some fun, and you know that you're not going to get hurt or injured. So that's one of my favorite things. That's still one of my favorite things about the city. Never mind the food and the culture and people and all the things you can do.
1: Scott Waddell had a banner year. He's going to be recognized as the Black Soccer Coaches Legends event at the College Coach of the Year in his first year leading the NYU women's soccer team. Took them to the Sweet 16. Just fantastic and You know, one of the things we talked about before it came on the air is you went to Columbia. I told you that uh, in a couple of days I'll be celebrating my 29th wedding anniversary. And Sunil Galati ostensibly introduced me to my wife who worked for the World Cup organizing committee when I was the press officer of the 94 team. And my best man in my wedding, his son is a pitcher for Columbia and they absolutely love it. So I love those ties as well. Scott, it's a small, great world, isn't it?
3: Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah, it is this connections, man. I know. Wow. Yeah. Great. Sunil Galati. I know Bar- Brett Boretti over at Columbia is going to be excited. That's a baseball coach. He's been doing work for years. So <laughs> I know he's got a good one. If he, if he picked out your nephew, man, that's, that's, he, that means he's, he, he's a baseball player for sure.
1: Well, speaking of picking out, there's a lot of great choices as we continue to try to change the, what it looks like as far as, you know, getting more black coaches, you know, big time jobs like what you have at NYU and elevating the black soccer coaches community, Nicole and Andrew, and the entire leadership that they have there going way back to still tying in Lincoln Phillips, who will go into the Mm -hmm. hall of fame, United soccer coaches. It's just special. And, And, you know, here we are a year later, I told you already, Scott, and I'm glad to hear you were there. That event was the best event of last year's convention. There were so many bright, happy faces there. People were dancing. It was incredible. And now, you know, fast forward a year later, you're going to be there. You're going to be recognized among some amazing names. I mean, when you heard that you're receiving this award from the Black soccer coaches and you'll be there that Saturday Night of Legends event, can you just talk about what that means to you, Coach?
3: Absolutely, I remember being there last year, um, and them announcing all the awards, and I just remember, I just remember seeing and be like, oh no, this is dope, you know, because you know they're my friends. I was like, yeah, that person killed it, that person crushed it, um, and it it you know to be fair, it wasn't something that I was like thinking about at all. And I, I remember getting the email and be like, oh man, oh my god, like you know, I'm going to be recognized, you know, and I'll be able to fear that with 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 you know a lot of my friends and um, some really special coaches who I look up to uh, and I'm I'm trying to you know, get on their level to be fair, but yeah it was just really exciting it was just really exciting.
1: I'm going to read a direct quote from the Co-Hercules as we wrap up our time with Scott Waddell, who in his first year as a head coach took New York University to the Sweet Sixteen, 14 wins. He mentioned all Americans on the team as well that uh, hopefully will also be able to make it out to. Anaheim for their recognition. But Nicole Hercules says, and I quote, Scott Waddell was just named one of this year's Black Soccer Legends College Coach of the Year. He is also one of the most supportive coaches of everyone else in the community. It's great to see him celebrated because he loves to celebrate others more. Look, Scott, coming from Nicole is one thing, but just those words in general says a lot about your spirit, man. I I feel it in you. That's got to make you feel pretty good as well.
3: Yeah, coming from Nicole, Nicole, yeah, Nicole is a special one for sure, you know. Um, and the fact that she feels that way about me, um, is 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 um, is just warming. It's warming. Um, cause cause she, that's what she does, you know. She is constantly giving to our community. That's all she does, you know. Um, so coming from her, it is it is even more, you know, poignant. I'd say, you know, so. Just want to big up, Nicole, uh, you know, wherever you are, you are always appreciated by us. And, and we just want to, you know, hope you had a, a happy holidays and, and we're sending you all the blessings, Nicole. Thanks a lot for everything.
1: I want to big up and send all my blessings to Scott Waddell. Blessed to have you on the special holiday edition. I want to congratulate you on... You know, making it happen and loving New York University and by way of Jamaica, you're making great things happen, Scott. Thanks for being on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. It's been a pleasure and congrats on all your
3: success. Thank you. Thank you, Dean. Have a good one, sir.
1: <laughs> what a great person. What a great coach. Coincidentally, their season was ended by the University of Rochester and as luck would have it, Ashusek Swena, the head of the API Soccer Coaches Community, Push forward the assistant coach of the University of Rochester, Lauren Pien, a former 30 under 30 member, will join us after these messages.
0: As a soccer coach, you're no stranger to developing your players, but how are you developing your own expertise? As a United Soccer Coaches member, you receive access to a range of resources, like our online learning platform, The Training Ground, to aid in the growth and enhancement of your coaching skills and career. From coaching education courses to lifestyle services, take advantage of new opportunities and member benefits with an annual United Soccer Coaches membership for just $125. Join the home of all coaches today at
1: unitedsoccercoaches.org Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast. So pleased to be joined by another outstanding member of the API Coaches community, a push forward by Ashu Saxena, and this is Lauren Pien, who I've met before. She was a 30 under 30 member. She is now an assistant coach for the University of Rochester Yellow Jackets, coming off a fantastic 15-1 and 5 season where their only loss was their last game of the season to Tufts. Lauren, I enjoyed meeting you when you were a member of the 30 under 30 during that COVID year and thrilled to have you back after a great year. Lauren, thanks for being on the United Soccer Coaches podcast.
4: Thank you so much for having me again.
1: Yeah. So Lauren, let's first talk about your team there. University of Rochester, Yellow Jackets, 15, 1 and 5. What an incredible season. What went right for you guys this year?
4: So many things. I think. A successful season first of all you got to be a little bit lucky and we were definitely a little bit lucky our leadership was unmatched by you know everyone top to bottom our seniors stepped up on the field I think I'm sure they did a lot of leadership in the locker room that we didn't really get to see our first years stepped up in big ways they had some really big performances throughout the season and so all of that coming together creates undefeated regular season
1: Lauren, we did this during our 30 under 30 interview, but I love doing it with all of our guests. Uh, Give me your whole path. Tell me where you went to college. Did you play in college and your different stops along the way before getting to Rochester? Can you do that for me, Lauren?
4: Yeah, for sure. So I started coaching, I think I was 16. I was just doing like the little rec league in my hometown. I actually played for the University of Rochester. So I graduated in 2016, played there for four years. After that, I moved to California, so I was coaching club there. I started doing high school, so I did both boys and girls varsity high school, and then I was also doing, towards the end of my stint in California, I started doing uh, junior college. So I was over at Merritt College doing both the women and the men's side, which was super fun. And then after that, I got a job at Bates College in Maine in the NESCAC, so I was there for a year, and then Ashley, head coach of University of Rochester, hit me up, and she said, come work for me back at your alma mater, and here I am.
1: That's got to be a thrill to be back at your alma mater, although obviously California and Maine are special stops, but there's something about your alma mater that uh, makes a difference, right? It's got to be a thrill for you.
4: Oh, absolutely, and watching this program grow from when I was a player to where it is now, it's now—it's—it's a complete 180, and so having the privilege to be a part of that was something special.
1: And I think the fact that you said, hey, I'm going out to California did you go out there blind, or did you already have a job? What took you out there?
4: I got a job in IT, so I was a software engineer over at Kaiser Permanente, the huge healthcare company. So I did programming for them, and it turns out I hate sitting at a desk for eight hours a day. So I started coaching.
1: So you call mom and dad, and you say, and we've talked a lot about this with Ashu and different members as well as there's. A certain stereotype right with the API coaches community that you know their software or their doctors you know that type of thing so when you call your family how did that go when you said you know hey I'm, I'm going coaching full time
4: they said okay is this gonna be forever and I said I don't know
1: <laughs> <laughs> well let me know now is this gonna be forever Lauren
4: you know still don't know we'll see <laughs> take it day Fair by day enough. huh <laughs>
1: Well, let's go back to the fact that you were 30 under 30. What was your kind of motivation, your impetus for signing up for 30 under 30? And what came first, the chicken or the egg? And what I mean by that, were you already part of the API coaches community that's relatively new, or were you already part of the 30 under 30? Which one came first, Lauren?
4: I think when we're all shut down during COVID, we're all exploring all the different options that we had, I guess, in life. So I spent definitely spent some time on the United Soccer Coaches website, found out that there's, you know, a ton of groups that you can join different communities. And so I think I just very quickly signed up for those. 30 under 30, you only have X number of years to be a, a part of that special group. And so I figured, you know, I'm turning 30 in a couple of years, might as well apply as many times as I can. And I think I'm one of the lucky ones to get it on the first shot.
1: Yeah, yeah, indeed. It doesn't always happen on the the first shot. And I also feel like you're one of the lucky ones that perhaps it was during COVID that found the API coaches community, because I think with the leadership of a shoe and some big hitters, you know, you've seen them on our show, Tiffany Roberts, the and, and so many others, that was the right time as well. And it sounds like with a shoe pushing you forward that you're very proud to be a part of it. And maybe I don't want to put words in your mouth, but maybe you're looking for a leadership role with the API coaches community. Maybe you already have one.
4: Oh, I don't have one, but yeah, that'd be great. I mean, it's a great community and there's not a lot of us. So got to do my part and do what I can.
1: Now, as you are marching along, obviously the world is great with fifteen, one in and 5, phenomenal. The world's great that you're part of the 30 under 30. And the world's great that you're back at your alma mater. But as you know, the world in general, not great at all. You're from China, which is always in the in the news as well. Tell me how you're dealing. Are you facing any kind of racial bias or anything like that, Lauren, or are you doing okay?
4: Racial biases show up in a lot of different ways. And so the way that I experience it is not, I guess, really outwardly racist. That being said, every time we show up for a game, there might be some small microaggressions that we might see. Sometimes things happen and I don't even notice it. And then somebody will say oh do you do you remember when so and so said this and i'd be like oh man i didn't even notice that and so at the end of the day we're we're dealing with what we what we can and using our support system to the best of our ability
1: and when you get unified with the api coaches community i feel like that's a a heavy focus as they want to make sure everybody's okay i feel like they also put a heavy focus on mental health as well and you probably don't need it cuz it sounds like life is good but you must be pleased that it's there that the API coaches community provides that mental health support,
4: yeah, definitely. it's it's always awesome to have, you know any kind of support system. Um, I know that the API community is fantastic through United Soccer coaches. I know that within our university and within our conference, the UAA, they've both done an, an exceptional job trying to create different types of support systems. So, for example, we have uh, a UAA mosaic committee, which is basically uh, coaches and staff members of color. Um, So they meet every so often. I know that within the university, we have like a black student union, specifically for athletes. And so, you know, having that for other students of color, just so many different types of communities and support groups are popping up, which is great to see both for me and then for other student athletes, different coaches, stuff like that.
1: Lauren, remind me what division University of Rochester is and what conference, please.
4: Division three. We play in the UAA, which I'm biased. I'm going to say it's the most competitive Division three conference in the country.
1: And we said it already, Lauren, but what a run for Rochester. You did not lose a game until you fell to Tufts in the Elite Eight. What a run, right?
4: The last time we were in the Elite Eight was 1995. 1995. Incredible. Yeah born yet? I don't know if you were. I was born, yeah. I was two years old. <laughs> I didn't know that soccer existed, so.
1: <laughs> well, and then, so take me back. So where where were you living when you made the decision to go to Rochester? Great soccer city, but it's cold in Rochester. Well, where
4: were you living, Lauren? Yeah, I was uh, outside of Boston, Andover, Massachusetts.
1: Okay, cool. And how big is your family? And we love names, mom and dad, brothers, sisters. Who you got, Lauren?
4: My parents, Homer and Irene, and my brother, Stephen. So my brother is five years younger than me. Um, so he's the first one to leave the house.
1: What do Homer and Irene do?
4: They are both retired, actually. So my mom used to be an accountant, and my dad used to be a medical imaging.
1: You told me already you're from from China. Did they come over from China, or are they a second generation where a first generation had already come over from China? Do you know?
4: My dad moved from China when he was 10 and then my mom was actually born in New York. She is also Chinese.
1: We're here with Lauren Pien who had an incredible year and she was pushed forward by a shoot Suena for good reason by the API coaches community because the University of Rochester Yellow Jackets a D3 power made it uh, an incredible year 15-1 and 5 and you know, so you said uh, it's Ashley Van Vecten, right? That's the the head coach. What is it about her that made you fit in perfectly? And and who was your head coach when you played?
4: So Ashley was my assistant when I played. And so, you know, having having the privilege to be coached by her as a player, um, I knew that coming in as a coach to work with her, it was a no-brainer, honestly. She's one of the smartest soccer brains I've ever met, and I'm lucky to get to work with her. She is a little bit outlandish sometimes in our tactics and that's super fun to work with. Um, sometimes she'll just come into the office and say, Hey, what do you think about this, this formation, or we press in this way or we build in this way. And so getting to work through that as a coach is really, really fun.
1: We're here with Lauren PN who is part of the United soccer coaches, API coaches community pushed forward by a shoe. The, leader of the API coaches community. And let's just talk a little bit about that. It seems like a shoe always takes the time, Lauren, to make sure that I'm aware of people in the API coaches community like yourself that are doing great things.
4: I don't know how he does it, but he has his finger on the pulse literally everywhere. He's so good at his job.
1: (laughs) Now, Lauren, when you think about kind of what you stand for and the fact that there's more and more young Asian girls in this country that, you know, want an outlet for sports and that type of thing. How cool is it for them to be able to see you on the sideline leading them? You know, we always talk about, you know, if you can see it, you can be it. And I think you're a perfect example of that, but yet that's a big responsibility as well.
4: Whatever I do, I'm I'm going to do it at a hundred percent. And so right now it's coaching. If I can be the best coach that I can be players, Other coaches can see that, and they can do whatever they want as well. So now the
1: convention is back in California. You're, again, a long ways away. Is it possible you can make it to California, or are you going to have to sit this one out?
4: I'm going to sit this one out, but our head coach will be there, representing University of Rochester, and we also have uh, an All-American recipient this year, so She'll also be receiving her award. We are also Region 3 Coaching Staff of the Year, so we'll be receiving that as well. Fortunately, I won't be making it to the convention, but, you know, luckily for us, we'll be represented for a couple of different awards.
1: Yeah, and you'll be there in spirit. And I'm all about names. Tell me the name of the player that is receiving that All-America recognition.
4: Claire Grover, who is a forward. She had an unbelievable year this year. She broke the single-season scoring record, I believe, and possibly also points. She's a menace on the field. I feel bad for any defender who has to play against her.
1: All right. Do me a favor. I love what you said about Ashley Van Vechten. You had this amazing year. Tufts, you know, finally takes you down. They're always there. Can you kind of <clears> touch <throat> on what Ashley had to say to the team after that tough loss to Tufts University? What was her, her message in general, Lauren?
4: Basically, I'm proud of you. Any loss, it, it stings immediately. And so having, having Ashley step up and kind of say, you know, this stings, I know it hurts, but I'm proud of you. And, you know, in a couple of days and a week or, you know, however long it takes to process this um, you're going to look back and realize what a special year you've had kind of getting out of that depression phase now and kind of being able to look back and revel in our accomplishments is, is huge. And the fact that we've had the first undefeated regular season and, Program history is really, really special. Our names go in the history books. Our players might not realize the impact that they've had on this program, but again, their names are in the history books forever.
1: Speaking of impact, when you reflect on people that have made an impact on your life, particularly as it relates to being a young coach, what are some names that come to mind, Lauren?
4: Besides Ashley, going to have to give a shout out to two of my really good friends. Lonnie Fernandez and Mary Whistler. Both of them were also 30 under 30. Some of my closest friends, really, really good coach colleagues. You know, I can can text them and say, hey, you know, what do you think about this coaching wise? And they'll have a really, really solid answer for me. Both of them used to be my coworkers and now we've kind of gone our separate ways, but still really good friends.
1: I'm pretty sure when I interviewed you as part of the 30 under 30 class, I did that crystal ball question. I think it'd be fascinating to go back and find what you said then as to pose what you're gonna say now, but I'm gonna ask it to you again, you know, here you are rolling along and you know, you kinda said, you know, you've got this great background in software and yet you're, you know, back at your alma mater, you're coming off this great season and obviously shoe noticed it. I noticed it, we've got you on here. So where do you think you'll be in 10 years, Lauren? Have any idea?
4: Oh, 10 years. Right now I'm working towards some classes in data science. And so I would love to put that into, you know, some sort of sports analytics job. Being an analyst for, you know, a professional team, the national team would be really, really cool. We'll, we'll see if I have the energy to keep coaching in 10 years, but I think sports analytics would be a really cool job to have, especially with my coaching background, with my software engineering, my, my data science background. I think it's a very natural fit for me. And then, you know, if all else fails, head coaching is always an option. Got a couple of pathways I could take.
1: And I like them both. I especially like the fact that you're thinking about applying what you learned in college at the University of Rochester, as well as what you've done in coaching. And I love that you mentioned the pro level or even, you know, U.S. soccer or, you know, maybe another national team as well. I can see you doing that tomorrow, quite frankly. Um, (laughs) in the right path. Two more questions for you. If you remember, I kind of like to just say a name and then get your reflection on what it means. And I'll first start with the API Coaches Community. When Lauren thinks about the API Coaches Community, what is what does she think?
4: Just a fantastic support group where you know we get to share experiences with one another and support one another in the best way possible.
1: And when Lauren thinks about these three words, United Soccer Coaches, what does she think?
4: Same answer. Honestly, like a wonderful support group the impact that United Soccer Coaches has within the community, the coaches community, you know, from top top level soccer all the way down to grassroots, it's, it's exceptional. The education that the organization provides, if you know soccer, you know that United Soccer Coaches has roots growing in, in every aspect of the game, which is wonderful to see.
1: And then finally, Lauren, if you could speak about if there are members that are out there of the API community that aren't right now a part of the United Soccer Coaches API Coaches community, and they're scared to step forward because they don't feel like there's enough opportunity. What's your message to them to get involved and and not be scared?
4: Sometimes you just gotta take a leap. I'm gonna tell you right now that, you know, whether it's a leap or it's a tiny step forward, um, it's super worth it.
1: Coming off an incredible year, Lauren Pian, a pleasure. Congrats on a great season with Ashley Van Vechten and the University of Rochester, the Yellow Jackets, your alma mater. And thanks for uh, another visit, right? A few years removed from the 30 under 30, this time with you know COVID, hopefully in our rearview mirror. Well done, Lauren. Great to have you on the United Soccer Coaches podcast.
4: Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure.
1: It's been my pleasure. And when we return, another letter of commendation winner. I've got strong ties and a... Great relationship with Johnny Orozco, as he's got ties to my home state of Ohio. Johnny Orozco on the bounce.
0: Does it feel like all you're doing to manage your team, club or league is busy work? If so, League Apps can help you get back to doing what you love. Delivering a powerful yet simple youth sports management platform from robust registration and payment tools to automated communications and other software integrations. League Apps saves you time and headaches. Less busy work, more time doing what you love. Go to LeagueApps.com to learn more. League Apps is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches podcast.
1: Each year at the United Soccer Coaches Convention, the association recognizes a select few for their special contributions to the sport and the association's membership. This year, five individuals will be presented letters of commendation at the awards banquet on Friday, January 12, 2024, as part of the 84th annual convention in Anaheim, California. The United Soccer Coaches letter of commendation is presented to a recipient for their service to Impact On and or positive influence on the association and or the game of soccer in the United States. This year's five recipients are John DeWitt, who we focused on two weeks ago, Chris Handy, who we focused on last week. Coming up, we'll meet Scott Oliver and Deborah Raber. And right now, we'll meet the pride of Toledo, Ohio, Johnny Orozco, a man who I have great respect for. And before we welcome him in, I want to tell you a little bit about him, a member of the association since 1998, Arasco has served as the head coach at Toledo Christian School, Sylvania Southview High School, and began his career at St. Francis de Sales in Toledo. He has volunteered in many areas of the national convention, but has been a mainstay as a member of the team that makes sure rooms are ready for meals, socials, and receptions before the doors open. Johnny Orozco is always diligent about checking badge and ticket access to events and helps with seating. In Ohio, he serves as the president for the Ohio Scholastic Soccer Coaches Association, the largest state membership in United Soccer Coaches, and an important partner organization. Previously, Johnny Orozco had received the Certificate of Appreciation and was the 2022 Award of Excellence recipient from the Faith-Based Coaches Community Group. Johnny Orozco, you know, I love anybody from Toledo. You and I have always had a great relationship, and that's because you are a great man. And this is a well-deserved honor for you. Congratulations,
5: Johnny. Well, thank you so much, Dean. It's so special to sit here and talk to you today. When you called me this morning, it was a great treat to to converse with you. And and now it's even better to see you on screen here and and spend some time with you as well. So look, you
1: more than anybody I've ever met, do not do this for the recognition. You do not do it for the awards, but Johnny, it's nice. When you heard you were getting the letter of commendation, can you put into words how it made you feel?
5: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you, I was caught completely off guard. It's interesting, John Mayer uh, made that phone call and as he started the conversation about, man, do we appreciate everything you've done? I was waiting to hear, but thanks, but thanks a lot for everything you've done. You don't have to come to Anaheim. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember telling people, like, I was waiting for the, for the other shoe to drop, and it didn't. And it was like, wow, how, how does this happen? And uh, knowing, knowing people like uh, John Johnson, the past president, who I just got off the phone with today, um, a few, just about 15 minutes ago with him, um, that he's received the same recognition out of Ohio, uh, it was it was as a past president, it's it's just tremendous. And then um, as I kind of kept looking and and talking to John Mayer, and John Mayer mentioned John Dewitt, the very first person you mentioned. My claim to fame was John Dewitt, and uh, John Dewitt uh, was the first person I started coaching with at St. Francis DeSales High School here in Toledo, across the way here, across the park from where I live, and um, and it was John John. John DeWitt, excuse me, that was the very first person that said, I need you here to help me. And uh, so what a great beginning and and what a great uh, connection there is to know that I'm going to be recognized at the same time as John.
1: Well, Toledo rocks. As you know, I'm from Toledo and I actually was able to see you a couple of times when my sons did short shifts at Fremont St. Joe, which were really important to to both of them, and I told you for all the reasons why. And uh, this has kind of been coming home week for me because I did the Toledo Rockets against Duke and was reconnected with Craig Bray's sister's kids. Craig Bray went to St. Francis, by the way, as well. My roommate in Ohio University, Scott Sadowski, Dr. Scott Sadowski, went to St. Francis. And believe it or not, Johnny Orozco, I actually was accepted to St. Francis before electing to go to St. Joe, because I wasn't going to get to play at St. Francis <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, but I mean, look, Toledo is, it is really thriving right now for the East podcast. I interviewed Mike Aubrey. He'll be on January 3rd. You've seen so much growth in soccer in the Toledo area and in the state of Ohio
5: in general. What they've done here in Ohio with the clubs and, and uh, with US soccer had been tremendous and and that's the greatest part of seeing this this whole transition happen because I was again I was blessed to be here at the early beginnings and and have seen the growth and and the development and how committed the coaches are to our players and that's what's, so what's what is tremendous about it you know you mentioned Scott Oliver earlier and Scott Oliver is a, is the head coach at at Siena Heights University And now you won't guess where did I go to, where did I go to college at Siena Heights University in Adrian, Michigan. So, you know, there's a lot of great things and, and, um, great connections and, and people have just done some tremendous things in, in, in Toledo. And I'm so blessed because I've been able to see it and be a part of it as well. Johnny, tell me your whole story. I mean, have you lived in Toledo
1: your whole life? Tell me how big a family you had. Tell me where you went to high school and college, and then we'll get back to soccer.
5: I grew up in, in Adrian, Michigan and I uh, went to Madison high school and we didn't, we didn't have a soccer program there, but we had a, a football program, a basketball program, both of which I, I attempted to, to participate in and, and found that that was not going to be my, my cup of tea. Um, and you know how, you know, my stature, um, it, it's not quite what it needs to be to play football, nor, nor uh, play basketball. So eventually I, I got into, um, you know, doing some management of, of athletics, and and I worked with a wrestling program at at uh, at Madison High School, and, and had some great friendships with with some of the wrestlers there at the high school, and went on. Um, at that point, once I graduated from high school in 1980, decided um, that I wanted to be um, I wanted to go to high, go to go to college and further my my education. Um, was the first of of eight. Uh, children to, to go to college and, uh, and get a degree. Um, so we have, um, we have five, I have four brothers and, and three sisters. And, um, so we had a pretty large family as most Hispanic families are large. And, um, so we grew up right there and I, I ended up, um, ended up because of a, of an athletic director, a, a wrestling coach really, who became the the first athletic director at Siena Heights university. Um, because of him, I became the, um, the assistant, um, his assistant, one of his assistants. But I worked with the, uh, a lot of the communications programs and average sports information department there at Siena Heights. And then went on and, and, um, and started my career there. Uh, took a little bit of time off of school, trying to find out for sure what I wanted to do and then decided to get back in education. because That's where I wanted to be. I knew from the beginning I wanted to be an educator and, um, but needed some time to, 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 to grow, I think in that regard. So I spent some time even in the Adrian public schools as an aide um, to, to sharpen my trade and and then have some mentors there that said, you know, let's, let's get you back in school and let's get you a degree. And, and so, um, I was blessed to finish up there at Adrian in 1980 and, um, and, uh, and then eventually get to, uh. Um, get back here to Toledo just because of, again, Providence, the, the, um, the blessings of the Lord brought me back to Toledo. And it was uh, a sister that uh, who was my counselor at um, and my advisor at San Heights University that said, you know what, I think I have the perfect place for you. And I came to a little school that just opened up that year in 1980, um, St. Joan of Arc on Heather Downs Boulevard in Toledo on the south end of Toledo and end up starting there to to my educational career there. My, my teaching career there for the most part was, was right there at this little school teaching fourth grade. So I taught fourth grade and then started doing some coaching because, you know, as a working in these schools, when you're in these schools, you have to do more than just teach. So you become a a coach and I I coach cross country uh, softball for the girls on the girls side. I coach some baseball. I, Anything they needed to coach, John Orozco was coaching. You know, I mean it, it just seemed like basketball, everything that there could be. And then eventually, you know, got into soccer um, because of my work with the YMCA programs. And um the the YMCA programs kind of fostered my growth and my enthusiasm, even in Adrian when I was going to school and Adrian, um, that's where it all began. the County YMCA it was it was this is where we want you to start coaching. And I started to do that and um Lo and behold, I was, um, I was, I was just, I was hooked at that point.
1: Tell us about your your parents and where they're from.
5: Mexican American. My parents both grew up in, in Laredo, Texas. is our is our stomping ground, and so um, yeah, that's where we grew up. And then they eventually migrated because of being immigrants. My my mom and dad were uh, migrated into the Adrian area. And uh, because family was moving into this air, into into this the area of Northwest Ohio, Northwest Ohio, Southeastern Michigan, um, because of the the amount of work that could be done, and um, you know the the true blessing was just um, I had two parents that were just the hardest working people I know, um, and and it's why I think they fostered that in us. I know they did, and um, I can see it in my brothers and my and my sisters about how far as how much, you know, they spend time working and uh, really toiling at whatever it is that they, you know, whatever their blessings are, their opportunities are, they get committed to it. And that's, those were my parents. My parents were some, were people who, my dad would go off and work at, at uh, the General Motors, um, foundry nearby and then come home and, and we'd hit the, hit the fields and go work crops, you know, with our, with our parents and with all, with the family that we had uh just again, just to um to learn how to how to make how to make ends meet and and to understand that you know hard work is a part of our life and that's what we have to do and that's what that's what they taught us to do.
1: Are all seven of your siblings still in the area, Johnny, or did they scatter around a little bit?
5: I've lost three of my siblings uh unfortunately, but um most of them are right here in northwest south in, in, i'm sorry, I should say southeast Michigan, so um I still have them in the area so um and, and blessed to be able to get to see them during the holidays, especially. Uh, and, and so we get to connect and, you know, on the phone and texting and everything else. in the possible t- today, you know, you can do that instantaneously, right? So uh, just text with my brother who's down in Florida visiting his family. Some of, his, some of his, um, his daughter moved down there. So I had a chance to text with him yesterday. And we'll be in touch once he gets back into town. So it'll be good to see them.
1: Tell me about when your involvement started with the Ohio Scholastic Soccer Coaches Association and how long have you been
5: president? Started pretty, pretty early because I knew we wanted, to have, we wanted to have recognition for our players. When I first became the head coach in 1986, um, in 1980 is when I began to think about it. But in 1986, certainly that was when I took the position um, as the head coach uh, at, at St. Francis Hells High School. As an assistant, I should say, under John DeWitt. And then we, we began to talk a lot about, you know, should we start to get involved? And it wasn't until 1996, in reality, that, that I became the head coach and then took on the, took on the role as, as um, just becoming a member and an active member as well. I think that, that became crucial because it was in 19, 1998 when our organization, uh, the OSSCA, Ohio Scholastic Soccer Coaches, decided to unify. With, uh, with the United Soccer Coaches at that time, the NSCAA, to um, unify the, our organization so that we could have greater benefits for our membership, and our membership certainly has benefited greatly from that because what they've done, what we've been able to do, is, um, you know, we've been able to have some tremendous recognition for our players, out of out of just because of our connection with. United Soccer Coaches.
1: One of the things that uh, I enjoyed was your first 15 people that you asked to do it couldn't make it. So you asked me to speak at one of your uh, big events. uh, (laughs) And it was a a great honor. I'm sorry that I was number 16, but it was an incredible honor to be a part of that event. It's a great event. Do you guys still do that every year?
5: We absolutely do. And and you know what? Uh, Now, Dean, you know you weren't number 15. You (laughs) You were number 13. (laughs) <laughs> no, but you, you were not, you know, I, I think that the, the great connection, uh, again, working with United soccer coaches has given me a, a, a real good opportunity to meet so many wonderful men and women who have served our organization. And uh, you were, you were one of those people. And it was an automatic thought. I mean, it was as vice president at that point, when I asked you, I was vice president of banquets for our, for our organization. And even that situation became one that I eventually, you know, John Johnson, um, again, the aforementioned John Johnson and and uh, past president, Brian Stevens had said to me one time, he said, John, you need to get involved with our organization and you need to become that representative out of Northwest Ohio. And so I, I did. And then from that point, everything, everything, you know how it works. Everything takes off right away. Right. And so um, I, then I began to, to meet some of some of the people like yourself and um so it was automatic for me i think once we met and once we had a chance to connect and i was able to see the kind of work that you do for united soccer coaches to me it was you know i had to i had to have you come back because you were an ohio boy and and ohio grown and and you understood you understand you understood who we were trying to do and certainly it was a blessing to have you this year you know we we had shellis hindman so shellis has come now uh and he he made an appearance this year and spoke at our um He's at our banquet.
1: And too, so yeah.
5: yeah, and I mean out of out of Vandalia High School and and um you know, so it was it was tremendous and we've we've been blessed. with Joe Cummings has been to our place. I mean, we've had some tremendous speakers. Janet Rayfield has been to our place. We were just we're talking about that as well. Um, what what United Side Coaches has done for us. In Ohio to be able to have some phenomenal coaches, just spokesmen and spokeswomen for soccer to come and speak um, at our at our banquets has been has been great. And and Shellis did not let down this year. I mean, and he was great. It was awesome to see the contacts and the communication, the, the conversations that were happening even after he spoke, and um, his willingness to to reconnect with these young men and women even after the banquet, I mean, you could see it. They wanted to talk to this man and you know how, you know, how shell is. I mean, he will not stop. And uh, we've, we've been blessed. So I don't know. I mean, it just keeps getting, you know, if we always say it keeps getting gooder and gooder. we don't know who we're going <laughs> to ask next. I'm going to probably have to look to you to say, okay, who do I ask? Who, who's the next person that's going to walk in the doors for us? So we'll see what happens.
1: I'd love to help you. It's kind of funny that you said number thirteen because that was the number I wore for everything in sports, by the way. So that that's awesome. I'm, I'm happy to be number thirteen, Johnny. You have a magical way about you, and and I got to tell you in a non-sycophantic way, quite frankly, Johnny, one of the true highlights of the convention is seeing your bright smiling face. And there's nothing like meeting you that first night at the you know the president's opening comments and i mean that johnny and i I feel like i speak for everybody when i say that everybody loves that you're one of the first people they see i don't know if you know that or not i think you do but you're a pretty humble guy but i mean johnny everybody loves you there bud
5: well i appreciate that and you know that again uh, at the risk of getting emotional it means a great deal to me it means a great deal to be able to to reconnect and and you know i'll call the office and and um there's never there's never a moment where I can't talk to somebody or speak with someone there that I haven't met or or if I, or if I've forgotten them, they haven't forgotten me. I don't know how, but maybe either I, I made a mistake or I didn't or did something right, but either way, uh, it's always tremendous to see people at the convention and and even um, you know members in general uh, they'll they'll tell me, well, we met at the convention, and you know, how many people do we meet? How many people do we get a chance to talk to at the convention? and uh, and my blessing is that I get a chance to be at many of these venues and many of these events. Um, from, like you mentioned, from the beginning, from the from the president's uh, opening reception, uh, right to the closing events uh, and to the meal functions, to all American events. Um, so, I, I my big blessing was when I had one of my players um, at Toledo Christian, um, who who was named an academic all American. And that was such a blessing to have him come to the convention and be present and and, and witness what what we attempt to do there uh at, at United Cyber Coaches.
1: You're hearing the voice of Johnny Orozco, one of five outstanding individuals who will receive the letter of commendation on that Friday night. As you know, I have the great honor of co-hosting with Dr. Ray Seplik, who, by the way, this will be his 30th year, 30th year as the host. I mean, just a wonderful man, Dr dr Ray, that night is a, a special night, Johnny. Uh, I know you always look forward to it
5: oh, it is and and you know I think again any any opportunity to speak to Ray uh, is tremendous, and I just love that man as well you know i mean he's it's just um he's an honor to be around and to see the, how he has embraced that role of, of co-hosting with you. Um, you both really compliment each other tremendously well, so congratulations for that and And I appreciate what you both do in the process.
1: Well, I'm hoping that means I get a a handshake or a hug when you get up on that stage, because we're definitely not going to let you get the microphone, Johnny. Sorry about that.
5: Yeah, I know. That's okay. That's (laughs) fine with me. I don't need a microphone.
1: Johnny, look, it used to be called NSCAA. Now it's called United Soccer Coaches. When you hear those three words, United Soccer Coaches, what do those words mean to Johnny Orosco?
5: How we have embraced... You know, when I talk about our organization, how we've embraced soccer throughout the world. It's tremendous. It's tremendous to walk into some of these meetings and these gatherings and to see uh, the, the men and women, and the young men and women as well, um, from throughout the world, internationally, who, who have been affected and have been impacted by this sport of soccer. And um, so, again, you know, the, the, the amount of work that we do and we've done and you've done um, to, to make this work, to make it happen, to, to, to really make it not a, you know, an American organization, a U, United States organization, but to make it an international organization. That is phenomenal. I mean, to, to go, I know I have a chance to work with the, the Latin American soccer coaches as well. And to have seen what, what we've been able to do with the Latin American coaches, the face-based coaches, that we have embraced every facet of of coach possible. That is great to see. Our advocacy groups that we have is are tremendous. The amount of work that they do, i is I'm I'm just amazed to see the things that, that come in the black coaches organization, just all the way through. And there's a there's a place for everyone in this organization. That's the beauty of it. And I think that is what we we're fortunate to have, that we have leaders like that in every facet, um, in the women's program from, you know, every, every facet of the program of, of possible, I should say, um, we, have, we have leadership that is willing to take the reins and to, to help us reconnect soccer with our culture, with our people um, from every aspects of life.
1: Well, I wanna end with what we started and I'm gonna ask you to try to do it in in one sentence. And that is, again, you don't do it for the awards, but you're gonna receive the letter of commendation from an association that is near and dear to you. Can you put it in one sentence, what it truly feels to to receive this letter of commendation?
5: To know the work that we've done, um, the work we've attempted to do, to fully grasp the scope of what this 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 game, this sport has done for us is tremendous. And it, it's a great honor. I, I can't even begin to imagine what the day is going to be like, that moment's going to be like on that stage with 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 Dr. Ray and yourself. Um, I just know that I'm privileged to be able to be named to this com letter accommodation with with the men and women that are going to be receiving it on that day as well. Well I thank you for that.
1: Johnny Orasco, thanks for being on this special holiday edition of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast. Happy holidays to you and your family. Always a pleasure, sir.
5: Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. God bless you. And, and God bless the members of our organization as well.
1: Indeed. Happy holidays. Happy New Year to all of our members. I want to thank our great guests. I want to thank Brandon Milburn from the association and my producer, Colin Thrash. My name is Dean Linke, and I'll see you next week for another edition of the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by League Apps.
0: Thanks for listening to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by League Apps. League Apps is the leading youth sports management platform providing organizations with the technology and professional development they need to run, grow, and win. To learn more about League Apps, find them at leagueapps.com or as League Apps on all of the social networks. And to learn more about United Soccer Coaches, visit us at unitedsoccercoaches.org.